Hi, I'm Rachel Ingrind, and this is Brain Yapping, Battle Damaged, a podcast where me and my friend and renowned neuroscientist Dean Burnett discuss all matters mental health, because 2020 really did its best to kick the crap out of ours. Okay, hello, hello, Rachel. How are you doing? Hello, Dean. How are you? <laughs> yes, been a while. Been been a little while, hasn't it? Yeah. It has. I I was trying to think earlier how long it's been, and I genuinely can't remember. <laughs> it's been a best part of two months, isn't it? And that uh, it it was not a planned uh, hiatus we went on. Um, during that time, I thought, well, since I'm going to do the podcast, I'll finally try and finish my latest book, and that took a lot longer than expected, and it became all consuming. So I basically, literally, forgot I had a podcast to do, <laughs> and that's. Um, that's where we're at, essentially. Right, yeah. Um, and I mean, same, absolutely same deal here. Obviously not not had to write my like 11th book or whichever <laughs> one you're on now. It's um, only the fifth, it's fine. Uh, only the fifth <laughs> only book. The fifth. Only the fifth. Since 2016, um, yes. <laughs> yes, only the fifth book in this as many years. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of like pushed it to the back of my mind as well. And obviously when you got in touch and you're like, we need to do some more recording soon. I was like, oh yeah. We have a podcast. <laughs> that thing, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and um, and that actually leads us quite nicely into what we're going to talk about today, which is yes. memory. <laughs> exactly, yes. It's come up a lot during, um, I mean, I think it's come up a lot, ha ha ha, memory jokes, uh, during, during the pandemic and lockdown, because I, have you found it that you know, the lockdown has just completely warped your sense of what happened when and how long it's been and stuff? I mean, yes, it, we started absolutely. this conversation. How long has it been? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, absolutely. Um, I mean, certainly at, at back at the very beginning of it all, like in March 2020, um, you know, when there was a sense of newness to it and novelty, um, everything was you know sort of fine. But then as time went on, I found myself in like this constant like limbo of timelessness. Like, with, did something happen yesterday? Did something happen a week ago? I can't remember. And then that hmm. just like, completely affected my ability to recall events. And I was, like, in this kind of, like, brain fog. Um, and I wasn't alone. A lot of people hmm. were saying, you know, what I like, I've just lost the ability to think somehow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you mentioned on Facebook, or I assume it's Facebook, but you and your boyfriend have been going out for a year. Mm. Yeah, that was a year. How long ago was that now? <laughs> this is what we're doing here, but this is quite normal, I think. Just uh, not no well, dates. I mean, I, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I think in in the normal times, in the before times, you know, mm. if you'd said to somebody, "Oh, you know, me and my bloke have been going out for a year," people would be like, "Oh, wow, gosh, that's gone quick, hasn't it?" Um, and that that's just part of like you know our human existence, isn't it? It's just like marveling at how quickly time passes, especially mm. as we get older. But during lockdown, um, obviously we, Pavel and I got together um, in August of last year. And so, yeah, when it came around to it being a year anniversary, I was like, genuinely, where the hell has the time gone? Because what the heck have we done in that well, time? Like, there, there yeah. are no markers for us to think, to like latch on to, to actually create a tangible sense of time passing and that is actually the the big thing i think obviously people have asked me about this because it's obviously <clears throat> something neurological at work there and i am my phd was in memory formation and retrieval so if you're gonna ask anyone i guess i would be an appropriate person but i remember thinking that when you put up on on facebook like we are one year anniversary i think that's ridiculous you wouldn't be going out two months yeah and then i remember i first met pavel when you you came to the party we had at mine in the garden for our mutual friend dan because they brought back in the restriction rules 
I thought, yeah, but wait, hang on, that was November. So <clears throat> obviously, if you're going out at least that long, I just I was convinced, like, oh, it's been a couple of months, you know, they must be getting on okay. And then, no, it's been a year. So, yeah, my, my intensive time is completely skewed and warped. But like you say, because in life during lockdown is just house, online, house, online, house, online, daily exercise, house, online. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, Pavel and I were talking of like, uh, for the for the first few months of our relationship, all we ever could do was just go to one another's houses and watch films or play some games or just get drunk in the kitchen. <laughs> and, of course, that all just sort of blurs into one event because yeah. it's the same, isn't it? It's just the same thing week in, week out. So it all just blurs into one. And so that means that, yeah, you can't date it in your brain. You can't think, oh, there was this time a month ago and this time two months ago or whatever. It's all just one gelatinous mess. Yeah, absolutely. That is how we form memories. And it's not the brain doesn't have like a metronome just constantly ticking in the background. They're like, no, memories don't have a time stamp. Like this happened then, like on this particular date and this particular time of day, blah blah blah. So we are we more to do with life landmarks. Like a, it, we, we, even our language reflects that. Too. We don't say, oh, it's been you know, seven weeks and three days since that. We feel like, oh, it's feel like it's been ages since I last went out. Feels like my last like my, your last holiday. That's that's usually quite a quite a good landmark for how your years go in. So like if you go on mm. a summer holiday, you can divide that in right. So pre-holiday, bad weather, working, saving money, holiday happened, fun times, sunshine, not doing much. After holiday, you know, recovering, getting back to normal. So you know, it, it gives things, uh, you know, a texture. It gives, um, it sort of anchors things in time in your head. Like so, mm. and you can place you know, your memories before and after those. But it's really hard to do that in lockdown when, all day is essentially the same and your life happens through the same screen that's it isn't it It, it, it's variety variety Mm. in your life is what helps you sort of create a timeline i suppose and when there is no variety then yeah it's just it's just a screen of static yeah well it's um you know from my own perspective i obviously had a major event happen in doing a lot over me so obviously my father died so i have powerful memories of before then uh, that that whole event happening and since then mm. but you know because uh, emotion is a really big factor in how you know, what memories get remembered and recalled so that's like, one of the most like enhancing things it's like every other memory we have is like grayscale or like those black and white outlines and emotion provides color so you always pay attention to the more colorful things like when someone colors in something on a, a gray picture that becomes a more memorable thing you can you can remember it better you can retrieve it better if it has more emotional heft but even then for me like there it was no uh, you know i can remember exactly where i was when i found out my father had passed and what happened in the aftermath but again even that's sort of like one big gelatinous blob in my memory because like i said there were there were no real events to go with it it was just because it was, it was lockdown like terrible thing happened it was very sad for a long time and uh, but the, the routine had to keep stay the same like i still had kids still had vulnerable kids who had to take care of and help homeschooling homeschooling that was another one there was no summer holiday no summer holiday it was just you know every day wake up open the laptop there you go stay at that for a bit <laughs> do what the <laughs> do what the lady in the box in the corner says and uh, just I'll, I'll, I'll just sit in the corner you know trying to reflect on what's happening and it, it, it doesn't give you anything to contextualize it it's all the same context and it's all the same context your brain really does struggle to divide the memories up you know it's just it's just existence really and does that then when you're in that sort of extended period of of you know the same does that affect your ability to like does that affect your cognitive ability generally 
because I, I remember like a lot of people were saying that they were becoming more forgetful, that they were just feeling lethargic, like work tasks that they used to do with like, you know, um, with ease suddenly just became like mentally taxing for them. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the brain loves being stimulated by various things. And one of the things which amplifies everything essentially in, you know, is novelty. So even familiar things, we like familiar things because they're safe, they're reliable, we know what's happening, then you know, there's no uncertainty. But a novel type, you know, making them novel in some way is really you know, evocative. Like, like like the Marvel franchise, like we are, they're all new films, but they all have the same characters, the same beats, the same sort of world. We like that's why we like sequels. Like I'm familiar with this world already. I've established a bond with these characters. I don't want to learn anyone new, but I want to see the same world. I want to see a familiar framework. So. It's a sort of delicate balance between familiar and novelty that our brain sort of likes the best. So we do have like our daily routines, we do have our work life and you no know, work life balance, but we like to do different stuff around it. We see different people. We do mix. I mean, that keeps our brain ticking over. It keeps it going. So when you don't stimulate it, when you, you know, make it deal with the same context, it quickly sort of sort of just goes into autopilot. Because well, I know this day, I know this routine, I know how to do this. I'm not going to expend any resources on that. But, you know, people say the brain can be like a muscle, and it is in this regard. If it's not being stimulated, if you're not given anything to do, it'll stop doing stuff. It's a very demanding organ. It's very frugal when it comes to things it doesn't have to do. You think, well, I don't seem to need to remember this day, so I'll just, I just won't. I'll just shunt it to one side and you know, keep things, you know, I'll, I'll operate on silent running for a bit. And that does seem to be what's happening a lot. People are just getting more foggy, more... Um, you know, more forgetful, more confused, more easily sort of uh, distractible, and because you know, your brain's not getting the stimulation that regular life would give it. Hmm. And so, I mean, does that sort of go some way to explain then that as we sort of now quietly and, and slowly integrate back into society, hmm. like, when I wouldn't say struggling, but some things that, you know, once upon a time were just super easy, we maybe are sort of fumbling with a little bit. Like I went, I went to a pub the other day, and I asked for a glass of white Sauvignon Blanc, hmm. and I'm like, well, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> like, you know, I've just asked for a glass, I've just asked for a, a glass of white, white wine, you know, <laughs> like white, white wine, yeah, the lesser known UB40 song, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it was the B side, <laughs> yeah. wasn't as powerful, everyone <laughs> was used to it, no, but yeah, like, that will definitely happen because. Also, like I think we did a previous episode about this. Things are different now. I mean, I went to I mean, meet some mates last week, and because I've been doing nothing but writing this book, and which I finally got in, so I was like, right, I can engage with the world again now. And I thought, I, how do you do that again? Like, what's what's the situation now? Where, where are we at? Because you know, I've been keeping up with the news periphery, you know, it's like just checking the headlines as they pop up on Twitter. Like, oh, that, okay, fine, that doesn't affect me right now. I'm busy. And like I say, really got the pub. Do I have to book now? Do I have to book a slot? Can you just turn up? Can you? And it seems to be like a mishmash of all these things. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if people are confused because anyway, there's a lot of different options at the moment for just going out. But yeah, if you're not used to it, then you, you know, the, the, the well-worn pathways which you used to have, you could rely on to, you know, when you say, I want to go out, I, I know how to do that. Um, they aren't so, you know, they aren't so uh, robust now. They need to be sort of woken up and breathe a bit of life back into them and it's going to take a little while to do that because those were achieved with practice yeah absolutely um and i suppose as well like in terms of just thinking about going back to memory you know and, mm. and how our brains are like recalling things if we're if we're saying that 
this sort of um you know unprecedented period of time we've been in is putting our brains under sort of you know increased cognitive stress then yeah suddenly just coming out of that and having to once again be like okay here's how to just do stuff normally on a daily basis as before like you said it's like a muscle isn't it it's mm. just gonna surely it's just gonna take a while for everyone to get back up to speed again yeah and but like you say like i do things like normally but again with something else we've covered this isn't normal now like it's not normal for us to you know after 12 plus months of staying in your house speaking to people like from a distance and sitting in people's gardens at best to, to go out and go into different buildings where people have their own uh, interpretation of uh, what's safe and what's not and what's what rules should be enforced and what shouldn't be i think that's a big part of it too because like they, you know when i said there's a lot more options it means there's more uncertainty it, we haven't gone back to normal there are still lots of restrictions in place and you know again because there's a more ad hoc thing now because the government said oh you you sorted out don't worry about us um then we have you know it's, you don't really know what each place is going to be like or request or demand that you know, that when you're not used to it that it does add an, an extra level of stress and you know, uncertainty to it and that is going to affect people because um, stress is something our brain just doesn't like doing it doesn't like randomness doesn't like uncertainty and uh, that's a big part of uh you know the memory thing as well because if, if we've forgotten so much about how the last year works then we are we, we're all on a sort of very steep learning curve i suppose mm. i wonder i'd be interested to know like obviously we can't see into the future but how this event you know or, or all of this will be documented in future you know by by historians in the future in terms of you know, like the remembering Mm. And the storytelling as a result, obviously, like after, you know, after the, the, the First and Second World War, for example, there were lots of instances of historians um, taking down people's accounts of what happened. Um, and there was all, you know, there, there, there have been instances where some of these accounts have been sort of um, questioned, perhaps, because memories aren't always reliable. And I wonder if there will be any sort of similar situation with uh, with what's happened with the pandemic in five or ten years time people looking back on it and you know referencing it and, and will will their memories be accurate or not that's a really good point because i, I did wonder about that <clears throat> in that you see people's memories of what happened are well they're not the most reliable at the best of times like human memories are really flexible really plastic and open to change it's um it's one of those things like you know, you've done some comedy like this is very, very common in comedy circles you have an anecdote of something that happened uh, but then you tell it but because you're trying to make people laugh and it's not just comedians like everyone does this but comedians are particularly notorious for it because it's their job you're trying to make someone laugh so you embellish it or you know, say well this is the story that happened and there's another story which is similar which happened at a different time but you just say they happened together mm. in your head and you just because it makes for a better story you know you, you just tell it because you know, the, point, the point of telling an anecdote isn't to share information so like you know here is an you know, accurate record of my day. Please engage. Like that's not <laughs> humans don't do that. We do, we don't have that sort of interaction. Exactly. We, yeah, we try to we try to provoke an emotional response and you know it's an emotional connection with other people and humor and laughter is the best way of doing that on a face to face basis at least. So you will embellish, but because in your head like you're you're making new connections between these two disparate events, those can then be added to the you know, sort of the general memory of the of that situation you're talking about. And if you've told off enough, they will sort of overrule it. Like you go, well, that's the most recent representation of this event I have. That must be the one I use. So people will start then maybe thinking that 
that it, it is how it happened. You know, when you've tell, told a story often enough, you will become more and more elaborate and more so, you know, um, more details will be added. You can, you know, poetic license is all well and good, but you know, it, it does end up sort of tweaking your memory a bit. And you sort of obviously you tell a story to make yourself look better. It's, you know, it's not a arrogant thing. It's a, just how our brains work. It's the thing called impression management. So you talk, tell people all about this stuff and then eventually that becomes your memory. You think, well, that's what happened this time. And you know, that isn't what happened. If anyone went back and got a direct video recording of it, they'd see it was a very different situation. But in your head, that's exactly what it is. I think yeah. like a lot of memories are emotionally guided. Yes, because absolutely. I think, I mean, at the, at the beginning of all of this, you know, there was this big um, sort of uh, comparison to the Blitz spirit, you know, mm. when we had, we had a lot of the older demographic, you know, going on about how back in back in the days of the war you know the whole country came together and it was it was like social cohesion like we've never seen before and all of this great yeah except oh, that's not true is yeah. it that's oh. it was it was a terrible terrible time and nobody <laughs> looks back on it gen like genuinely nobody could be f like reminisce fondly of that time but it's a story that people tell themselves yeah to absolutely. either i suppose smooth the trauma of the event or to um, maybe even make some kind of political point, at, you know, in the current sphere. I think you know a lot, a lot of a lot of older people, you know, like to refer to the good old days, don't they? In, mm. As some kind of like one-upmanship, but actually the reality is, is that the olden days probably weren't that good, were they? No. So <laughs> will will we all end up doing the same with the pandemic? You know, and, and in 10 or 20, 30, 40 years time, be talking to our grandkids about, oh, yes, you know, I remember we all we all clapped on the doorsteps and there were rainbows everywhere. And, you know, everybody was helping out their neighbor. And it was the, it was a golden time of social cohesion. And actually, that's not true at all, is it? <laughs> no, well, very good point. But I think in, in my experience, people say we should invoke the Blitz spirit. It was great back then. People would say that by and large weren't there well yeah <laughs> it true. before they were born so like they weren't actually conscious at the time so like they just you know it's it, it's a nostalgic myth isn't it it's um it's a story we tell ourselves to, to give ourselves a sense of uh success as a country etc etc but i mean that could happen because there's you know another thing that human memory is unreliable for is um the fade in affect bias whereby good memories and uh, no, uh, the emotional heft of them like the emotional content of good memories positive me emotional memories fade a lot slower than negative memories and you know people always say that's not how it works you know negative stuff you dwell on you know um that's that's a different thing there's a negativity bias whereby something which is unpleasant is more stimulating at the time than something which is positive you know like say if you have done anything which involves creativity and expression in public you know like the the 50 smiling faces are all well and good but the one angry face is the one you focus on the one you remember mm. it's all through our brain recognizes threats and you no know, hazards and stuff because those are more important to survival in the long term and blah 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 so yeah we tend to focus on the negatives in the here and now but memory wise long term the negative memories tend to fade faster like when you're chewing gum the flavor sort of goes out of negative memories a lot slower than positive ones which means like the further back you go the more positive memories you have and this is why people often have um and uh, no, really fond memories of their childhood even though it could have been awful in many ways mm. and things like um well you know like you see it on facebook now like when 
people my mother's age would regularly post, you know, Shay, if you grew up doing this, you know, playing outside. Oh, God, I know. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, thinking at the time, like, a lot of um, memes about, uh, you know, not using mobile phones and playing outside. You don't get many about, you know, um, the imminent threat of nuclear Armageddon, which is a big part of um, <laughs> growing yeah. up at that age, you know? So I thought yeah. maybe they're not necessarily, uh, you know, being completely uh, impartial here. But, you know, so like, yeah, but then because that could happen to us, obviously, like I say, we'll remember the good stuff, not the bad, unless something profoundly bad happened to you, like myself. Um, but also, you know, because it's such a sort of, you know, it's such a non-period. I mean, I... One thing I mind about the war, it, it, it was not uneventful. It was, it was not. Yeah, the there same was a lot everything. happening, wasn't yeah. there? That's there was a true, lot yeah. going on. So I imagine there were some vivid memories on that time. And even if you look at, you know, now we have Facebook and social media, so people can constantly record their thoughts. But how useful will that be? Because my, my main memory of social media during the pandemic is, you know, wild conspiracy theories and soda bread and that's basically all I can well think that, yes that's it isn't it i mean my my key takeaway for me during that period was completing that bloody jigsaw that i bored everyone oh, to death with i i remember getting invested in that because i was quite which which i now have framed on the wall behind me as a constant reminder of my my pious determination to finish that bloody thing i should bloody hope so too after the time you put into that um yeah. but yeah no you're you're right uh, that then that's exactly it isn't it is that one one thing, and this and this sort of goes beyond the idea of memory. You know, um, our generation, at the risk of making us sound like ancient here, but our generation is is one of the last that can like pick through boxes of photographs and mementos from you know from our grandparents and great grandparents and looking at images and being like, oh, who's that? Oh, I don't know. And you know, and mm. and having no real idea about what people's daily lives were like because everything was very you know well presented just simply because there was no technology to, to mm. encapsulate a day-to-day -day existence like there is today and i think um you know i think about you know my, my friends kids and, and your kids or whatever and in 10 or 20 years time and they're going to be like oh i wonder what mummy or daddy was like when they were my age and they'll look at our facebook pages <laughs> and be like what the hell is this yeah. You know, won't, won't have that same thrill that you do when you find a, a picture of your nan or something on her wedding day and you're like wow this is amazing it's like a real glimpse into history yeah um, and now yeah people are like cool so on this day 20 years ago um mum was really cross because she didn't have a pound for the shopping trolley at asda <laughs> what groundbreaking news <laughs> yeah. you know what's a pound <laughs> right yeah exactly Coin? what's a shopping Coin trolley <laughs> Why just have it like airlifted in like it like we always do? And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you, you buy food from an actual shop rather than growing it in our underground bunkers. <laughs> yeah, I think about after I was thinking more replicators. But yeah, no, let's, let's let's go negative <laughs> too. That's fine. But the um, yeah, that's totally right. I mean, I've uh, similarly like my mother recently found um uh, trove of photos from my my grandmother when she was young, like my, my grandparents' wedding day and stuff. It's really nice to see, but that won't necessarily be as um weird, you know, sort of like special for my kids or my, my potential grandkids because they can, well, for me, they can just Google Dean Manette, what was he doing this? Oh, that's, that's what he is. Yep, there's a Twitter feed that day. He just seems to be ranting about the news again. That's, uh, that's <laughs> Granddad did that a lot, apparently. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> Shut up, Granddad. I think, yeah. I think that's what they called a meme back in the days. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> you need the context to that. But, but it is, but, you know, I, I think I mentioned it several times in different places, but this is a really weird point in human history because... The digital revolution in the late 20th century, early 21st, when the internet happened and just changed everything, 
But we've now got a generation of digital immigrants who lived in a non-digital world, now live in a digital world, raising a generation of digital natives, like kids who are just born and raised with the internet always there. I mean, the, I mentioned to my kids, like, we didn't have the internet when I was growing up, and they don't quite grasp that as a concept. Yeah, how, yeah. how the hell did you do yeah. anything, father? Yeah. Well, it's, like, it's like telling them, like, when, when I was a kid, trees weren't the things. What? <laughs> They're just there. They've always been there. How can they not have been there? And our age, we, we're sort of on the little no man's land between the two. Like we are, mm. we were born in the non-digital world, but we moved here at a, at a young age. So, you know, we speak the language. It's got a slight accent, I guess. <laughs> That's where, uh, so we, we can sort of straddle both divides. But yeah, it is. Um, you know, there are some studies which say that, well, into the claims that because everyone has technology now, people's memories are getting worse. But they're not. You know, it it only gets worse if you use it constantly. So. Like one study, this is in, you know, when digital cameras became widely available. So people go around a museum, either you know look at it, or you can take photos of the camera. And those with the camera didn't have as many you know detailed memories of the museum because they they've been focusing more on the on the, on the device, not the actual environment around them. But that doesn't mean they just means they don't have memories of that particular thing. But their memory is fine. Their memory works as well as ever. It's just like if they went without the camera, they could easily do it too. So technology is sort of not having us can be you know, cause us not to use our memory as much, but it doesn't mean our memory is getting damaged, so it's not that bad. Mm. But I, I do see like when people say like a gig, so just put your phone away, just look at it, and that is a valid point. If you want to actually remember the gig, not remember your phone, that's what you should be doing, technically speaking. I mean, yeah, and, and actually, just as an aside, who the hell goes home and rewatches the the shaky sound? <laughs> yeah bad sound quality nonsense that they've recorded no one does what are you doing why oh, it's just to share it now isn't it it's it's i, I, I bet yeah, but nobody people... watches it yeah no, I, I i could go to a gig and take a video of it no one's gonna bloody watch it why would they if they want to see a video of this particular band they'll just go on youtube and watch the video that's got like a million pound production value and has got decent sound quality all I reckon is, I think, generally think it's a, it's a status thing and sort of a connection thing. It's not sort of, you post a video saying, look at this video, isn't it great? The video is to say, mm. I was here, I saw this, you didn't. And not, not consciously, people aren't trying to be arrogant. It's just, I need to show everyone that I was here. I need to prove that I was at this thing. And therefore, yeah. you know, I am worth knowing. I have, you know, I have status, I have a good life and stuff. And again, pandemic took away all that. And in some cases, that seemed to be a good thing because a lot of teens were supporting, were supporting like less stressed than usual because the whole FOMO thing wasn't was an issue. True. Even yeah. everyone's missing out. Technically, no one is. So I guess that's something to be said for it. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, the the takeaway here is that in in twenty or thirty years time, you know, when future generations are like, oh, I, I wonder what it was like. Wonder what life was like during the pandemic. They're going to have access to absolute troughs and troughs unrelenting avalanches of information mm. and it's all going to be extremely tedious and boring yeah i'm often wildly wrong so if anything it's just the exact same problem as human memory it's just been much much larger now so it'll be a lot harder to do so that's you know, good i suppose <laughs> nothing's changed it's just got bigger that's um like like Brilliant. my waistline. same like my, as it ever was yeah, much like my waistline etc it's it's just <laughs> It's not helpful, but there we go. All right then, Dean. Well, thanks for the chat. I'm uh, I'm off to have myself a white Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> Enjoy it. Cheers. Bye like... now. Bye bye. Thanks everyone once again for listening. 
you want to ask us anything, uh, mental health related or anything, or, or would like to suggest a topic for Rachel and I to discuss, or even just leave feedback for some description, you can contact us via Twitter at BrainyapInPod. You can email us at BrainyapInPodcast at gmail.com or use the form on my website, deanbennett.com. Uh, like with most podcasts, positive reviews and ratings are always helpful. So if you are inclined to leave us such a thing uh, on the podcast provider of your choice, that would be appreciated and helpful. Uh, this podcast was launched to coincide with the publication of my new book, Psychological, all about mental health and what's actually happening in our brains when we experience problems with it. Available now at all good book retailers and some of the less good ones too. And now the same goes for Rachel and her new book, Everyday Activism, How to Change the World in Five Minutes, One Hour or a Day, also available now. As ever, Brain Yapping Battle Damaged is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network. For more curiously entertaining podcasts, live streams and live events, blogs and documentaries, head to CosmicShambles.com. And to support the network and get access to lots of exclusive content, subscribe at Patreon.com forward slash Cosmic Shambles. See you next time.